On this episode of the Michigan State of Sports, Dave Revson from the Big Ten Network stops by, offers us his March Madness takes. We break down Michigan, Michigan State, and look ahead to the big dance. That's all next on the Michigan State of Sports. How's it? Welcome in. Welcome one. Welcome all. So glad to have you along the Michigan State of Sports. I am Jake Ritma. He is Tony Garcia. And it is here. It's Tony. It is here. By the time you're listening to this podcast, one more day. Today's the day. No, today's the day. Well, I guess today's the day for Michigan State fans because it's a play-in <laughs> game. It's not the I real day. I tricked you there. Did you see what I was doing? I tricked you into saying I wanted you to admit that the play-in games. No, no. The play-in games have value. Today's the day we waited for for so long. And because we don't sleep in, we sleep in May. So we've been up this entire time. We don't know what day it is. We just know basketball is happening tonight. Michigan State, UCLA, the play-in games. Here we are to soak it in in all of its glory. March Madness. I couldn't be more excited. And honestly, who better to talk it through with than the lead studio host for the Big Ten Network, Dave Rebson, your boy. Our guy, Dave Rebson. So nice of him to to stop by. And I think, I mean, I don't want to, it's it's all Rebson. It's not us, but uh, a solid interview here on the Michigan State of Sports. That's going to be, we're going to definitely get to that. It's a lot of fun, a lot of great tidbits. So get your, get your pen and paper for this interview, because obviously, you know, you're not learning anything from Tony or I, but Dave, Dave will take us to school here in this interview. Well, sounds like his daughter might be able to as well. We, we can learn a <laughs> thing or two. No doubt. No doubt. But before we get into that, tell him about him, Tony. Yep. You know who we're talking about. It is Cutting Edge Landscaping. It's a landscaping company based out of Ann Arbor, family owned and operated for 25 years that can handle any, and I do mean any, landscaping need you have. They're starting to put in more more walls. I saw they posted on, on Instagram. They had the lineup of all their trucks. They got like seven uh, pickup trucks that they're going around doing all kinds of work with. They're mulching, they're raking, they're they're regrading lawns. They they do it all. So go to a2cuttingedge.com. Yeah, there's no better time than now uh, to go to a2cuttingedge.com. Get a consultation. Let them know what you need done and find out what they can do for you. If you tell them you heard it from Tony at the Michigan State of Sports, you will get the best rate possible. No doubt, the official sponsor of the Michigan State of Sports. And without further ado. Let's hear from him, lead studio host, the Big Ten Network, Dave Rebson. All right, pleased now to be joined by the lead studio host for the Big Ten Network, Dave Rebson. Dave, first and foremost, thanks so much for being on the Michigan State of Sports. My pleasure. How are you, Jake? Tony, how are you guys? Doing really well, and and how couldn't you be? I mean, it's it's the best time of the year. We have the Big Ten tournament, which is obviously one of the busiest times of the year for you. For you, so we appreciate you jumping on the call here and and diving in. So let's let's just start with it. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, both two teams that have kind of a little bit different uh, storylines entering the tournament. And I want to start with the Spartans because you, Dave, of all people on, on the Twitter machine had uh, had some, some choice tweets where you were not necessarily pleased with where the Spartans are seated. And I know Tony uh, Spartan grad was also along the same line of thinking, but an 11 seed having that play in game against UCLA for us as viewers. I mean, it's going to be entertaining as I'll get out, but uh, you felt Michigan state might've deserved a little bit better from the committee 
I think so. I, I yeah, I don't normally get into it with people on Twitter, as you know. I kind of steer clear of it because I I just think it's it was awesome. Cool. It was refreshing. <laughs> and you can and you just but I, it just seems so outrageous to me. You can win five quad one games. I guess you know Syracuse gets under my skin a little bit for whatever reason. Uh, I just, you know, like Bayheim hasn't played a road game in non-conference in like 15 years. And, you know, kind of the, I, I don't know, it just drives me a little crazy. So, so how somehow they don't have to play the extra game with one quad one win and Michigan State plays it with five. It just strikes me as, as a little bit absurd. I, I just, I don't know. And, and you can say, well, they lost 12 games. I mean, Wisconsin lost 12 games. I wasn't saying Wisconsin could play in that playing game. I, I just felt like I, I don't think Michigan State is a great team by any stretch of the imagination. I, I just didn't think that they warranted being in that game. I just thought they were better than that. So that's really my only point on them. I, I you know, look, they're just so offensively challenged. I, I think I just wish they had somebody who they could dump the ball inside to and get an easy two, and they just can't do it. And, and I just think it's, it's hard to kind of grind out win after win and we saw in the Maryland game, I think they were called for like 24 fouls or something. And it's just hard to win like that with how physical they are. They're going to be called for a lot of fouls. Tournament games are, are called closer. They turn the ball over at an alarming rate. Again, I don't think they're a great team, but but I think they deserve a little better. And I think if they win this game, I, I, it's BYU after that, right? Um, I, you know, BYU is an eminently winnable game for them. So it's as though you never know. Dave, I'm first of all, thank you for joining us. And secondly, I'm so glad that someone who Jake actually respects is is <laughs> emphasizing all these points I've been trying to make to him the, the last week. And so really, yeah, it's one thing to hear it from Tony and, and I just tune him out because that's that's what a good co-host would do. But uh, now now I got to backpedal a little bit. Exactly. And so I'm wondering if it's I mean, just to sort of piggyback on the same question, it feels a little bit like I was telling Jake a few weeks ago how I think TV ratings are going to come into play uh, in, in this tournament. And I you hate to see that. And I mean, I, I don't want to make you speculate, but that's what it felt like to me, because I mean, Wichita State, Utah State, uh, I mean, teams that I don't have a better resume or a, a, a brand name like I just couldn't see any reason why they're not in, in an 11 seed playoff play-in game and Michigan State is other than that juicy Michigan State UCLA matchup right and I've definitely seen speculation of that Tony I if that were the case why are you putting them on at 10 o'clock at night I, well, for, I, the, I guess, for the UCLA West Coast grab right yeah I guess I guess right so it's seven o'clock there I don't know I hear what you're saying I, I and that may be the case I think the tournament's going to rate out the wazoo anyway because people are so starved for it so i, I don't know I, I have seen people say that and that just feels really lame to me if that's the case i i think the committee's better than that like i i don't i don't think if that's what they're doing then that's wrong and i don't think they're doing that so i i think they honestly you know i think you could look at the blowout losses that they had i mean like they didn't just lose like you know ruckers they just got hammered i mean it was they were embarrassingly bad they had a few games like that where they were just terrible now a lot of it was in close proximity to the covid layoff and so i do you know i kind of have written some of it off to that but i don't know i i, I hope it's not about tv ratings because you you can't you can't sacrifice a team in that way it's too the process means too much 
Absolutely. Dave, and you said something just a second ago that really resonated with me and something we've continued to talk about, not just leading up to March Madness, but all through the college basketball season where there's just that refreshing excitement. And now it's starting, you felt it in the conference tournaments and into the big dance, of course. And really, we felt it all season long from the University of Michigan. I mean, talking about what Juwan Howard and his team accomplished, obviously Big Ten coach of the year and everything. But now all of a sudden, bitten by the injury bug, a couple of bad losses down the stretch. And it feels as if they're limping into the tournament a little bit and limping is probably overstating it a little bit, but what's your sense on just maybe a realistic level of expectations for the university of Michigan? After all, they're a number one seed. Yeah, they are a number one seed. I, the Isaiah livers thing just stinks. And, and I mean, you look at their track record with and without him, over the last two years, it's stark, guys. They're 33 and nine in games he's played in. They're six and seven in games he has not played in. So I don't know. I mean, they feel like the most vulnerable of the one seeds for sure. I, I just don't think there's any way to dispute that. It, it's such a shame because I think Juwan did an amazing job with this team. I, I think just figuring out roles for guys. And getting people to accept their roles. Mike Smith is probably the obvious example, right? He comes from Columbia, is taking 19 shots a game, comes here, and now he's taking seven shots a game and is doling out, you know, 15 assists. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. And and you know, Hunter Dickinson right away has been really good. Um I, I just, yeah, it's just a shame. Uh I, I'm I'm not saying I don't think that they can. You know, could they make the final four? Yeah, they, you know, they can make the final four. I mean, I, I don't think it's it's completely unreasonable. Um, I just think it's going to be a, a tough hill for them without a guy who is, you know, in most major categories and hit the most threes of anyone on the team. He's their second leading scorer. I think he's like a third leading rebounder. He's just a really important piece of, of what they do. And he's just a matchup problem for people. You know, you talk to coaches throughout the Big Ten and, you know, he's just a guy who can take you inside, take you outside. Who do you put on him? It's it just not a, the kind of player that most teams see. So I don't know. I'm hopeful for Michigan, but but it's losing a player like that right at the end of the year. It's just so hard to adjust. It, it's, it's a great point. I mean, he's one of those flexible pieces. You can put him at the three and play big, or you can put him at the four and play small. And he's a senior leader. I mean, he, he's meant so much to that program for so long. So I'm going to hold your head or hands a little bit closer to the fire fire. Do you have uh, Michigan in the final four or can you, are I don't know if you have uh, shared your bracket. I was yet. just going to say the reveal of the Dave Revson yeah, bracket. No, I, I don't. So uh, typically I do not do my bracket until the I knew last. that was coming possible moment i don't do a public bracket just because um i just don't i just don't do it um you know i i think it's tough looking in the eye of a coach right who you you pick to lose a game you know publicly i, I mean i guess everyone does a bracket we do one internally in the house with, with my daughters and my wife and the dog and me and uh and that's the extent of it um the dog picks all dog mascots and then <laughs> animals in close proximity to a dog right like right. so if there's no dog in the game then big gonzaga know, fan uh, then loves uh, she will pick gonzaga to win it all i'm sure yeah uh so but pots make professional uh, yes i i would pick here's what i said here's what i've been saying on the radio if you gave me illinois and gonzaga or the field which is normally like you, you'd never take one or two teams against the field in the NCAA tournament, right? But I would take Illinois or Gonzaga. 
I mean, I, I, I just think that I think those two teams are head and shoulders above everyone else. So how it plays out, I don't know. Um, but I'd be really surprised. I'd be surprised if one of those teams doesn't win because I think they're that much better than everyone else. That leads me to my next point, and that is just the the depth of the Big Ten. It's something that's been well well discussed all season long. You got nine teams in there, more than any other conference. So it sounds like obviously you're liking Illinois. A lot of people are, and given especially what they did in the Big Ten tournament. But it's been a while since someone from the Big Ten has won a national championship. And I, I we're kind of leading into it already, but do you believe this is the year the Big Ten breaks through and, and crowns a national t- t- champion? I hope so. I mean, I think there are four teams that could easily win it. And, and again, we just talked about why Michigan probably won't, but but they could. Like, I don't think it would be a shock if they won it. Um, I think Iowa, with the way Iowa's been defending lately, could win it. You know, I think it's interesting um, – you know, you look at, well, some of the teams are starting to figure out how to defend Luca Garza. You know, you kind of hear that. You get that. Uh, and, and you hear that on, like, Dickinson, too, right? Well, all you got to do is put Kofi Coburn on him, and you can neutralize him. You know, well, it's not like every team in America has the guy who is seven feet tall and weighs 285 pounds. They can just say, hey, go knock him around a little bit. So it's easier said than done. Um, I, I think Garza will have a great tournament because you talk to Big Ten coaches, and they all have a Garza plan by now. This is what we do against Luca, And their guys know it. It doesn't mean it works, but it just means that you don't have to think about what it is. Hey, this is what we always do against Garza, right? And no one else, teams don't have that. The teams they're going to face don't have that. And he's such a difficult player to defend. So with the way Iowa's been guarding, I, I think, and, and how good Garza is, I think he... You know, I think Iowa legitimately can make it through Ohio State. You know, I know they had the bad stretch in the regular season, but man, I'm there one shot away from beating Illinois, who I'm sitting here telling you is head and shoulders above everyone other than Gonzaga. So I I certainly think they could win it. And then I I think Illinois is fabulous. I, I think Ohio State gave us a blueprint on how to beat them. They just weren't able to execute it. Right. You play behind uh, Coburn. You bring a hard double against him because he's not a great passer. And then on the other side, you put him in a million ball screens and, and, you know, try to get him in foul trouble and get him chasing your big outside. Liddell just couldn't hit a three pointer in that game, but, but it was a well executed plan. I, the best thing that happened to Illinois was probably Kofi getting in foul trouble because Bashanishvili came in and he can chase those ball screens and he was great. So I think that's the beauty of Illinois is they've got, you know, Corbello has been amazing here down the stretch. You obviously have IO and Kofi you got players who fill their roles. Trent Frazier was a scorer as a freshman. Now he's on the Big Ten all-defensive team. You got Demonte Williams, who couldn't score a point for like two years, and now he's a 55% three-point shooter. So I just think they've all kind of filled their roles, and I yeah, I think they're fantastic. Yeah, they are. And you were talking about how all these coaches are having to figure out their new game plan, and there's going to be a few new coaches next year in the Big Ten who are, who are filling out game plans and trying to stop whoever the next – uh, Luca Garza is Minnesota and Indiana. The two, there may be more to, to, to come, I guess we don't know, but I'd say those are obviously the two biggest programs that are looking for new coaches in the big 10. Do you have an, any good fits in your mind when you say like, ah, like I think, I mean, obviously big names have been flo- floated to Indiana, Brad Stevens. I've heard 
Um, of course, he's always going to be associated with an Indiana school. And then John Beeline as well. Uh, do either of those make sense to you? Your colleague, John Beeline. My yes, colleague, yeah. yes, right. Uh, in studio, we've seen Yeah, him. he's great. Um, I mean, they both make sense. Like, they'd both be great hires for very different reasons. Uh, you know, John Beeline is going to come in and he'd run a great system where it, it just wins. I mean, it's won everywhere that he's been. Um, you know, guys are going to play fundamentally really smart basketball and, and they're just going to be a really well-oiled machine. I think the issue with him is his age and how long he wants to do it, but he would get Indiana back on a really good path really quickly. Brad Stevens, I, I mean, he, he publicly has kind of disavowed being interested. I just don't think you leave the Boston Celtics for much of anything, but maybe, I mean, I, I, I know growing up, he certainly revered that job and, you know, from everything I've read and thought it was a, was a great job. So I think either one of those guys, I mean, if you could get them, they'd both be grand slams if, if those are the directions you want to go in. Uh, as far as Minnesota, I mean, I think Brian Dutcher makes a ton of sense, done a really nice job at San Diego State. He's a, a Minnesota grad. His dad was on the staff there. And Nico Medved's another name I think you're going to hear there at Colorado State. Um, he is uh, a native of Minnesota. I believe he, he went to school there too. I believe he was a, a team manager there, has recruited the state really well. So those are two guys that would that would make sense right off the top. But you know, I think both of them are going to they're going to overturn every rock and and you know do a broad search and not just kind of go with the knee jerk the first guys who make sense. Um, for what it's worth, I, I thought Richard Pitino did a really good job. You know, I I defy you to find. <laughs> any coach in America who could lose two of his three most important players in the last month of the season and just kind of pick up where he left off. I mean, uh, they would have made the NCAA tournament. I'm convinced if, if Liam Robbins and Gabe Kalsher weren't hurt, but, but I understand, you know, wanting to go in a different direction. I, I think it tells you something that he got snapped up literally in about 15 minutes to get the New Mexico job. I think he's a really good coach, but, but again, I, I respect, you know, you're an AD and, you want to put your stamp on it and, and you think the program could be better. And then they only won like 36% of their conference games. So I understand also thinking that the program could be better, no doubt. Absolutely, Dave. And we really appreciate your time and everything um, on the Michigan State of Sports. been an absolute blast. And But before we would be remiss, before we let you go, that uh, I want to circle back to the internal Revs and family bracket challenge, because please okay. tell me, you got to be at least be the front runner to take home the gold. But who uh, you've got the three kids, your wife, who do you who is your biggest competitor in the Revs and family bracket challenge? Well, my daughter Meredith is a huge college basketball fan. She's actually writing for a website now uh, following college basketball. So she like she knows her stuff. Um, but but I would also say the beauty of filling out the NCAA tournament bracket, as you guys well know, by this stage of your life is it doesn't matter if you know your stuff because the whole thing by the you know end of the first day you feel like you just want to throw it in the fireplace and burn it up <laughs> yep. so that's you know she's probably like in terms of having the most knowledgeable conversation about college basketball she is certainly the one but um we'll book her next time then for yeah for, for this. she'd be better frankly <laughs> she's far more articulate that's for sure so well, it definitely Absolutely. comes from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so and so thank you, Dave. And just for the record, I had my dog Tyson fill out a bracket today and he had yeah. Wisconsin beating Gonzaga. 
completely fair and square. And it had me wondering, like, what, what does he know that I don't know? Because you could see him de deliberating over which treat to eat. Oh, it's based on the treats. Interesting. Yeah, you, so you write the names on a piece of yeah. paper and, yeah. and set two pieces of paper down, whichever one he goes to first, they advance. Wow. That's scientific. Yeah, I'm just a, just a thought. Moving All right. All Nothing right. but the best here on the Michigan State of Sports. And Dave, make sure you you circle back with us. Keep us posted on who brings home the, the Revs and Family Bracket Challenge title. And as always, we, we really appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Tony. Take care, guys. Yes, thank you. All right, Dave Revzen from the Big Ten Network. Um, surprisingly, not necessarily the favorite to bring home the Revzen Family Bracket Challenge title. I think he he just knows his audience. He knows uh, like his family audience. He knows who he's playing to. He's always going to put his little girls first, as any good father would. But um, great great guy, very friendly. Um, I mean, it's good to know when you get to interact with him that he's not just that that kind on TV. He's uh, he's the real deal. The real deal, class act, pros pro, and you wouldn't expect anything less from a, a fellow Northwestern Wildcat. But a uh, couple of things to, to to break down, to dive in there. The uh, Illinois and Gonzaga versus the field. How, how where do we feel about that? I, I personally, since I'm going to answer my own question that I asked, it's really good, uh, good podcasting there, Jake. But I love Illinois as well. I mean, and what's not to love, obviously. No, I do too. Um, currently, that that's my final. So I mean that had that had me feeling better about it. It feels a little like obviously we've we've fought this urge before to say it feels a little chalky. You never want to go just too favorite, too cookie cutter. But I mean when you got someone who's watched the Big Ten as closely as anybody on this planet has, and he tells you that he thinks Illinois is that significantly better, they're that much better than the rest of the league, and this is considered the deepest league in the in the country so that has me feeling pretty good about illinois however however still worth pointing out that ohio state in that big 10 title game sort of presented somewhat of a blueprint to be successful against illinois now they weren't successful enough obviously but it was it was one of those classic ground grind and pound type of big 10 games in the finals and i'm not saying there's 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 nine or there's eight other big 10 teams that that might have uh you know, the, the, the chance against Illinois and, and in a field of 64, they're, they're not unbeatable. They're not the, the uh, shoe in national champion by any means, obviously. But uh, one thing, one thing's for certain, I, 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 we're going to go on record and say, this is, this is the year for the big 10 to get a national champion. No, because I'm not oh. going to pick it. I'm not going to pick a year when Michigan state's not considered one of the options. So no <laughs> selfish, selfish by you selfish. Or you know, better than this by now. Come on. That's true. But That's also, honestly, point. I mean, I just, I, I, Illinois is good enough to win it, but you know how I feel. You don't go from no tournament experience to just winning a title. I've, I, I've said it about Michigan, even when they were healthy a few years ago or a few months ago, feels like a few years ago. Um, you, I mean, you got to have that sweat equity. You got to have been there in March. And generally speaking, that's, that's how it goes. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to pick the big 10 to win it. Tony Garcia, a sweat equity guy, but let's do, let's do a little uh, big 10 rundown. Every team in the big 10 tournament, your best and worst scenarios. Do we, we'll go region by region. So I think it'd be appropriate as Michael Scott would say to begin in the West. So number two seed, Iowa, I personally, and again, I filled out, not that anybody cares, but I filled out several brackets and I'm always tempted 
to take the fighting Dana Altman's over. And I said that last week on the podcast, for some reason that Oregon seven over two is juicy over Iowa. Yeah. I mean, assuming of course, and right as soon as we talk, start talking about all the reasons why Oregon could beat Iowa, that's when VCU beats Oregon in the first round. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. as soon as you overlook one, the other happens. Exactly. But I mean, if I'm thinking, earliest possible exit for Iowa. I mean, I don't see them lo- losing to, to the 15. I don't even have the bra- their bracket in front of me. I think it's like Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. Thank you. Um, no, they're not going to lose to Grand Canyon. But Formerly uh, Dan Marley, Thunder Dan was their head coach. No, no but longer. They, but they, they could they could absolutely get upset by Oregon in the second round, um, who is uh, a very well-coached team, like you said, and has had tournament experience in recent years, unlike Illinois. And uh, and Iowa never plays well in March. But if we're if we're going like ceiling for Iowa, I could see them making a Final Four. Thank you, Tyson. Yes, Tyson. Tyson agrees. Tyson agrees. The uh, the pup that's uh, on hand for for the podcast as well. I I I honestly don't see a scenario where Iowa is able to top Gonzaga. So I'll say best case scenario, elite eight for, for the Hawkeyes. Let's jump over to the South. Keep this train moving. Wisconsin, the nine seed taking on North Carolina in their opening round matchup. Worst case scenario, very obvious. North Carolina, very capable of beating the Badgers. Without a doubt, without a doubt, they are. Um, I mean, I think most people are probably picking North Carolina to, to beat Wisconsin, especially the way Wisconsin finished the season. Uh, I mean, as Dave mentioned, 12 losses, just like Michigan State, yet nobody's talking about them for a play-in game. Uh, and, that, and that's just because uh, they, they had built up so much good, uh, good equity early and uh, good, good feelings early that even slumping, they had already sort of cemented themselves in. However... I could see a scenario where Wisconsin beats. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this, Tony. Don't. I could see it. Wisconsin does not have the same level of guard play or athleticism as Baylor, but they have seniors. How do you go? I'm I'm still so stuck on last year. You won a share of the Big Ten, again, tied with Maryland and a Michigan State team that had both Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. You were a good team, and they started like 0-5. I mean, they were just red hot down the stretch to win a share of that league. You return everybody from that team. Why Why can't you do it this year? I mean, I just think crazier things have happened than a Wisconsin nine seed making a run to the Sweet 16. I'm just saying watch out for it. This could be one of the many times I end up with egg on my face as Dave Revson alluded to. Nobody, You're ready to throw your bracket in the fire usually after the first or second day. And I just... I would be lying though if I if I said I legitimately think Wisconsin can beat Baylor. So I'll say best case scenario for the Badgers there they beat North Carolina and then a second round loss to the Baylor Bears. That's that's just I, I'm not going to change my mind and I'm not going to entertain anything else because that would be doing a disservice to the loyal listeners of the Michigan State of Sports. All right, that was a little announcery. I apologize. Purdue, four seed, same region, the South region. Opening round matchup, North Texas. Best case scenario for me for the Boilermakers, I think they can get to the the second weekend and, and, and have a uh, Sweet 16 matchup against Baylor. But again, I, I don't see them winning that game. Wow, you are very high on Baylor. Sure. Sure. All right. Fantastic analysis. Great dialogue, Tony. Um, yeah, that's great work there, Jake. Way to have the chemistry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's like, it's like is he talking to me. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to talk into this microphone thing, be a podcast host. No, I mean, what do you want me to say? Baylor was the number one team all season long. Yeah. They had the COVID stuff and maybe not all season long, but I just, 
I, I don't know how to be that guy that's like, oh, if you really look at the X's and O's, you know, Purdue could find a way. And of course they could find a way. It's March, but I'm telling you what I think is going to happen. I think Baylor's going to beat Purdue if they play. I mean, I think they probably would if they played. Sorry, that sounded really whiny. I love Tony. I love the Michigan State of Sports. I love March Madness. I'm excited. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't want to do this. I don't know why I just took that tone. I apologize to everybody. I love you all. No, we, lo- we love you likewise, Jake. And for Purdue, the reason I could see Purdue also in the same way as, as Wisconsin, like there are certain Big Ten teams I'm counting out. Maryland, you're out. Rutgers, you're out. I mean – Michigan, I can't say. I actually Michigan can't even State, say you're out. No, I can't. <laughs> I was going to try to say it to make a point, but they're not. And the reason they're not is because of Tom Izzo. The reason Purdue is not is because of Matt Painter. Matt Painter is a, has been a top three coach in this league for a decade plus. And this might be one of his best jobs yet. Purdue went from a, you're all right, team to like, wow, that's actually a squad deserving of a four seed in like three weeks. And they're playing really good ball. Uh, they, they could beat Baylor. They could. I mean, All right, be- so your best case scenario for Purdue, Final Four. Yeah, I'm going to say bet. I mean, if you can beat Baylor, then you could theoretically go all the way. But I'm going to limit them to Elite Eight because okay. uh, I, I'm just saying they could beat a, a Baylor team, but I don't see them winning four of these games. But way too- saying the actual ceiling, what I could see is I could see a run – to late into the second weekend way to actually have an explanation and not pull the jake reitman and just say sure <laughs> that was a i wish we had all of your technology at uh that you guys got over there at the ticket because oh that'd be uh, that would that'd be a drop that would oh, be a absolutely. fantastic drop sure. i have several yeah i have several several drops uh sick brag and there none of them are flattering in fact the the shore might be the best of any of them you know like when i stuttered all over a, a 97 when the ticket updated Ooh, yeah that yeah, was great, that was great. You of being drunk on the biggest airwaves in the state not a great look for me my ohio friend, state my friends figured out that was you who he was clowning oh they got a kick of it there. Oh, that's your boy. That's Jake. Oh, no man. such thing as bad publicity. Marketing 101. That is me. I was not intoxicated on the air. I am a respectful journalist. I respect the craft. Ohio State, number two seed. Best case scenario. I like the Buckeyes. If if Liddell can make some shots from distance, I think that opens up their offense here. There's a little explanation for you. I think there this could be a Final Four team. And again, we've already talked about how they showed the blueprint of how to potentially beat Illinois. They did. I mean, they can beat good teams. They, they almost beat Illinois. They beat Michigan. They, uh, they beat Michigan State. They, they've beaten teams that are capable of making deep runs. But I think Dwayne, it's Dwayne Washington who really holds the keys for this team. Yes. Guard play wins in March nine times out of ten. And he is one of the most electric do-it-all guards that this conference has, which is why Ohio State could make a Final Four run. I want to see the splits statistically when he's got the hair out versus in the, in the, in the braids. Yes. Yes. I think that's an important factor that a lot of people are overlooking, but uh, let's jump down to the Midwest. Oh, Oh, uh, worst case scenario for the Buckeyes. Um, I just, I don't see Florida beating them. So, and that would be the second round matchup. So you're looking at an Ohio state, Arkansas matchup. Um, Go, go fighting Eric Musselman's. I, I love, Eric Musselman because he's he seems like a real cool dude and has done a great job with the Razorbacks so maybe they could beat him worst case scenario yeah I mean Arkansas I was looking back at their schedule they actually have good wins they like 
hammered Alabama like two and a oh, half. Yeah. You know? And so I mean they're they're a decent team. But I know way better than to say someone's floor, worst case scenario, yeah, marks right. a sweet sixteen. I, I I know much better than that. So I'm not gonna pick them to lose in the first round. But yeah, could they could they lose to Florida or uh, who is it? Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, you can tell I don't have the bracket in front of me, but I, I came up with it. Um, yeah, they could absolutely lose that second round game for sure. There's no question in my mind. Sure, to the Midwest <laughs> region. <laughs> That's gonna be a new thing. I love it. No doubt, Illinois, the number one seed. All right, we'll save some time Worst here. Case scenario, I'm cutting you off. They lose to Loyola, Chicago, second round. Go Fighting Ramblers. I have Don't... a sneaky, sneaky suspicion. That game, Loyola, Chicago, or Georgia Tech. I have the weirdest feeling. I can't quite do it. I can't put it on my bracket. But God, I just think, you know, I might have to change one of my brackets. Those I, are I, I got to my... put my money where my mouth is. I, th- I, th- I think Illinois could go down in the second round. Fair enough, because here's what I'll say. And I think a lot of this has to do with being raised by a coach, my father coaching for so many years. I'm always, I, I easily gravitate towards a charismatic coach. And Josh Pastner and, and Porter Moser are two of my favorite coaches. I already talked about Musselman and obviously Izzo, you, you think the world of him and Jawan, the big 10 coach of the year. I, but I, I guess I have, I have the man crush on, on both Pastner and Porter Moser because those are two guys that you talk about getting the most out of their programs. And, and I know there's no statistic for this, but teams that would run through a brick wall for their coach. I think West Virginia is another one with Bob Higgins and there's no way to measure it, but I think that some, you always look for that little extra X factor, that little winning edge. And I just, I place a lot of value in some of these coaches. And those are two guys, Loyola, Chicago, and Georgia tech who, yes, I would, I would back those teams purely because of their coaches. So are you going to go on, on this same limb with me? Hopefully it doesn't snap under our weight. No, 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 God, no, no. That was an idiotic take by you. There's no chance. Illinois. <laughs> You're so scared. <laughs> so, and I mean, I think it's obvious, right? I mean, we've, we've uh, praised them enough. I mean, we both think Illinois could win the national title. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, I was telling someone else this. My favorite three seed in the whole tournament is West Virginia. My favorite four seed are the Oklahoma State fighting Cade Cunninghams. And they're all in the same region as my favorite number one seed to win it all. And so it's just kind of unfortunate that you like to take some of those three and four seeds that you have a good gut feeling about because that can be a way to help you win your bracket challenge, which we're not here helping you win your bracket challenge. It's every man for themselves. There's no possible way we could ever provide any type of advice for that. All that said, I still like Illinois. I know I'm not going to say worst case scenario because I'm rambling now. The the Elite Eight, I guess I'll say worst case scenario, an Oklahoma State or a Tennessee knocks them off in that Sweet 16 matchup. God, I can't wait till Wisconsin goes on a run and Illinois gets wiped out and oh, yeah. everything else and everything goes chaos. I'll have egg all over my face and I'll just have egg all over my face yelling, sure. <laughs> we got Rutgers next in that same region. Um, a win is their ceiling. Oh yeah, yeah, a win, and then um, make it. Could they beat Houston? No, that was fun. Okay, sure. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that was talking Rutgers basketball. Moving on now to the East region. We'll save Michigan for last, or do you want to save Michigan State? We'll start with Maryland because. I don't love Maryland. I think Turgeon, you know, talking about coaches, he irks me. I don't know what happened with, you know, there's the alleged 
uh, comments that Juwan Howard said he was going to, you know, effing kill him or whatnot, but he just, I don't know. I talk about this gut feeling all the time and Jake, you've played a lot of basketball for the university of Maryland. So you would really know what coach Turgeon's really like. So this, that says a lot of weight to it. It it's doesn't the punchable face is the punchable faces. Maybe, it's maybe it's, it's the uniform. Or it's the chronic underachieving that kind of irks me. Too. Also could be, however, however, I saw the old, uh, again, this has nothing to do with anything. Great comment here, Jake, but the old footage of the Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, Maryland Terrapins and Chris Terry, Wilcox. Yes. Cutting down the nets. I mean, that was a fun team to watch. And I also, I love SVP. And as our guy, John Rostein says, college park, the spring break destination of the Northeast. Yep. The spring break capital. That's right. Um, so I, yeah, why don't I freaking yeah, how, say how, best how about we and actually worst? do the exercise here? Jake? Right. No, I would rather just ramble on either. I either ramble on or just say nothing at all besides sure. Can we so. find a little happy medium here? Right. Okay. Maryland best case scenario. One win. They're not beating Alabama. Al- Alabama is a better basketball team. So worst case scenario, they lose in the first round to, to UConn. Thank you, Jake. All right. I'll say the same. I, I don't see Maryland getting out of the first weekend at all. And then there were two Big Ten teams. Finally, where we really wanted to make it. We actually did that pretty well. I didn't even mean to, but we did the old cross down and over to arrive clockwise. at this destiny. Yes, clockwise would have been a much better way to put it. Um, I, I I should turn this microphone off at this point. But no, you keep Michigan, it off. You keep Michigan. Up. Yeah, it makes you look better. Michigan, Michigan State, the Spartans. Best case scenario with Michigan State. Obviously, they beat UCLA. And you want to say a team that has three, how many times we've heard this three top five wins in the season can beat a Texas then they can beat an Alabama and then maybe have a little winner take all bragging rights at last rubber match against Michigan to get to the final four. Oh, I'm just getting excited thinking about that. And then the Spartans get to the final four for your magical Tom Izzo inspired season. All right, but do you actually? What is your actual ceiling? Before I get, yeah, no, no, I, I made that sound really dramatic, but I, I, if we're, if we're, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off like that, but I want to know. I know you like to get under my skin, so I want to know if you actually think that any of that could happen, or if you're you know what's so funny. What's so funny is all my Michigan boys like, oh, you love the Spartans, you're a Spartan lover, you hate on Michigan, and then all my Spartan boys. Oh, you just want to get under my skin. Maybe I'm just the worst. That that could probably be. No, the, that's when you know you're objective. When the when your school uh, calls you a, a, like a traitor and the other school calls you a homer, you're striking the right chord. But to quote another great friend state, of the program, yeah. Patrick Patrick J. Caputo, this S on my chest stands for straight down the middle. I'm straight <laughs> down the middle. Um, Michigan, Michigan state or Michigan state. I actually do think that that that's possible. Um, I, you've seen the proof is in the pudding Izzo and company have done it before. You're right. Good. <laughs> Can you not hear me? Oh, there we go. We got him. He's back. Okay. He's back. Tyson hit my microphone. It's been, it's been a whirlwind of a podcast. I gave you a sarcastic sure. And I guess it cut out right at the right, wrong. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, Michigan State absolutely can still go to a Final Four. The main reason that I think it's not going to happen is I think Texas. That Texas game is going to be their demise. Yeah. And it's not because Texas is so much better than Michigan State. It's going to be their third game in five days. If, oh, boo-hoo. Nobody else has to play three games in five days. Nobody Wham. else does. 
You only well, the play other, two games in four days. The other play-in teams do. But Sorry. none of those other – yeah, what, the 16-seed play-in games that are never going to do anything anyways? Look out for the Shockers. Yeah. You talk about experience, that's a play-in team that has some experience. Yeah, but and their coach is gone because he's a nut job, Greg Marshall. Not wrong there. But all right, very seriously, and I, I love to play devil's advocate just because I do I will I will credit you on the point of Texas being that I think Texas is playing their best brand of basketball and the old cliche peaking at the right time. Yeah. But with Michigan State, this is what this is what I end up doing like every year in the tournament. It's Michigan State can beat any team. There's not a lot of teams that can just go out and beat any team. They just proved it in the last few weeks. I'm not going to say three top five wins, three top five wins. I didn't say it, but that is the proof. Somehow I heard it. Wild. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's just this echo in the back. All right. Worst case scenario, they can lose to UCLA. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I don't know. And I mean, I'm almost doing a disservice to this exercise because I'm saying it's March. They could lose first. They could make a run. Like that's so lame. But honestly, with Michigan State, it's really, really, really true. They lost by 14 points or more in the Big Ten play seven times, and they and they have beaten ones and two seeds. I mean, there is there is no more anything can happen team than than Michigan State. But we've got Mick Cronin and Tom Izzo squaring off at 10 o'clock tonight can't wait for that or whenever you're listening maybe you're letting you're catching this later i don't know but point being that's going to be exciting all right then there was one the number one seed the michigan wolverines juan howard coach of the year i've said it all year long the the ceiling is a national championship and i can't yes there's a lot of new information out there so i i legitimately don't let me let me let me try to choose my words more effectively here i don't bet on that i'm not betting on them to win a national championship no but for the purpose of this exercise how many times we're going to say that i do believe they can still win a national championship they're number one seed you can't forget that the committee feels this is one of the four best teams in the field of 64 or they feel they're one of the four best teams who had or they had one of the four best seasons right because which which of course they should be a one seed but if you are ranking the teams right now as they came into play, Michigan would not be a one seed and Michigan State would not be a play-in game. You know what I mean? That's the combination of the whole body of work combined with where where you are right now. But that but, has to count for something because we have a of season. Of course it counts for something. But again, for the purposes of this exercise. <laughs> are we doing an exercise by chance? <laughs> um, it, it, it doesn't because just be just because they were once a one seed this is not a one seed level team without Isaiah Livers and he said today and by today I mean yesterday when you're listening on Wednesday that he said it would frankly be somewhat of a miracle if he was able to play in March and Dave Rebson just shared it perfectly what is it 33 and 9 Michigan is with Livers in the lineup and 6 and 7 in their last 13 when he's out not I mean great. he's a key he's a key he is absolutely key. The key to this episode was our guy, Dave Revson. Again, a huge thanks to him from the Big Ten Network for spending some time with us here on the Michigan State of Sports. The madness begins. Let it all be. Just soak it all in. We are here. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm, I know that's cliche, but I still want to say it because I truly believe it, that this is an exciting time. It's the best time of year in sports to just soak it all in. Enjoy every part of it. Watch it with your family, your friends, whatever it is. 
enjoy March Madness because it certainly is something to to absolutely cherish Tony Garcia. We've earned it. We've earned it, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, it's it's one of the best times of year. It's going to be a little different this year. Who cares? Who cares? We got it back. You're still going to hear that theme music. You're going to hear one shining moment. Someone's cutting down nets. There's going to be tears. There's going to be smiles. There's going to be something. The next time we're on these airwaves, we will be talking about, can you believe it? And we'll both say no. And then we'll both say, aren't we idiots? And we'll say, yeah, we are. We'll say, but how could anyone know? We'll say, yeah, you know, that's the beauty of March. And then we'll say, I can't wait for next weekend. Yes. And then we'll say, this is March. This is, it is, it is. And we still will not sleep until then. That's right. I got my shirt. Shout out John Rothstein. I, 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 my shirt uh, has been delivered. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to wear it every single day. It's going to smell bad. I'm not going to wash it. But I'm going to find a way to get him on this pod, and I'm going to surprise you. I'm just going to tell oh, you one day, hey, there's a guest coming on. And, I, and we're going to end, instead of just uploading the audio, we're going to upload the video with it, too. And, and we're <laughs> going to see you smile like a kid in a candy shop. Oh, my face, my ugly face for radio. That's why we do these podcast things. But Tony, an absolute pleasure, man. Let's enjoy some basketball this weekend. I'm not even going to ask you your weekend plans because we know it. It's watching college basketball. March Madness is here. Thank you all for tuning into the Michigan State of Sports. Until we meet again next time, thank you all and have a wonderful, wonderful March Madness. Soak it all in. Let's go, dogs. Peace.